This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised. Ill-advised, misinformed, our half-baked opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is the mic on? Welcome to the Hill to Die On. You're listening to Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn and shit Aussies who give hot takes on a different topic, go away to dig deeper, and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, Medical Marvels, Josie Spicer and Kyra Brooks. This episode is actually a question submitted by a patron when one of the uh, tier awards was to pick a topic. This will be the first and last of those because I realised that, uh, you know, if I have an expectation of (laughs) any expectation, (laughs) um, I, I avoid it. So... Uh, Thank you, Al, for this question, which is, can a person's music taste tell you anything about their personality? But before we get started, we have a little bit of housekeeping. So as I mentioned about the Patreon tiers, we just have now made access to the Patreon. We've lowered it so you can join for as little as one US dollar per month. All the Patreon tiers have new names, absolutely just randomly given cryptid names. No rhyme or reason, we'll probably change again. In addition to that, when you sign up for the Patreon, you get immediate access to the Hillpod Discord, but also you can just shoot us a message via social media to gain access to that as well. Uh, It's a cute little space, mostly we just share pictures of animals and fungus. Um, And... (laughs) I'm about to shout out a whole bunch of new patrons. And basically, this is going to sound like, um, you know, when Cletus... Oh, my God, saying all his kids, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Crystal meth. (laughs) (laughs) A whole bunch of new thylacines or thylacines, however you want to call it. I can never remember. Uh, Like, I know we discussed it in the episode, and now I'm like, eh. It's gone. It's both. Yeah. I I think that's what we found out. Okay. (laughs) All right, welcoming Nina, Dominic, Arctic Fridge, the Tweets Chief, and Bart. <laughs> Thank you for joining. Uh, you're all now officially thylacines. Next, we have the Skunk Ape tier Tess, Ree, Phoebe, Danielle, and Tate. Thank you all for becoming skunk apes. And then finally, we have a singular Mothman to welcome. Uh, This person, if we had a higher tier, would have well and truly reached that. Very, very generous pledge. Thank you, Peter James. Thank you. You're now a Mothman. Just, like, thank you to everyone, like, double much as well, who, like, stays as Patreons, even when we weren't making episodes. (laughs) Because I think, like, not a lot of people realize that it costs money to have a podcast up as well. Um, And so I think just, like, the fact that they allowed us to keep you know, knowing that we would come back and keep doing them, but without releasing episodes, they kept funding it means a lot. So, Yeah, it really does. And I know I say, you know, talk the big talk and say, oh, fuck yes. But actually, I'm, well, I'm <laughs> incredibly grateful. And I'm incredibly grateful to even just our um, non-patrons, like the people who just listen. Yeah, for real. It makes us want to return. I, I love doing it anyway, but it's a nice bonus. Yeah. Okay. So back to the question. Kara, can a person's music taste tell you anything about their personality? What do you think? Yes. I think 
like definitely to a point it's not going to tell you everything about their personality but i think you can get a pretty good idea um like obviously some people have pretty unexpected tastes where you're like oh i didn't see that coming or but then there's just there's times okay as an example you know like spotify wrapped obviously is a thing do you know who my number one artist was last year (laughs) i don't know weezer Weird Al Yankovic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and But I feel like that just sums me up as a person. So I'm like, you know, that makes perfect sense. Honestly, like, it kind of does. Like, the sense of humour and stuff. By the way, you probably are all over this, but every so often I search Weird Al Jewish into Twitter, and it's just all these people who, like, one by one discover that Weird Al isn't Jewish. <laughs> and people have a fucking meltdown. <laughs> The next, like, runner-up to that was Frenzel Rom, so... That makes... Actually, both of those kind of track. Like, when I think about your sarcastic humour, but I wonder if I looked at that, like, am I just because I know you that that makes sense, or... Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can tell. Weird Al, that's an interesting one, because you can definitely tell um, the sense of humour through that, right? I mean, the question was, like, can you tell anything about their personality? And I think you can tell a lot from certain things. Yeah. But there's other things that, like, you know, I like a lot of shit music, too. doesn't mean <laughs> I'm shit. Well, I am shit. That's irrelevant. <laughs> it's not necessarily connected. <laughs> it's not connected. I mean, I fucking love Limp Biscuit. It's funny that you mentioned fucking Limp Biscuit because I asked... Uh, Twitter and like the Discord and stuff, what they thought, like what their hill would be. And someone said that they really loved Limp Biscuit's new album or like most recent album or whatever it was. <laughs> and it was someone who I would not pick to have otherwise listened to Limp Biscuit. Yeah, right. Do you, can you think of an example where maybe someone's really caught you off guard by their music? Like it was really incongruous to them? Is that. Or, like, did you even have, like, a point in time where you believed, like, you couldn't possibly be friends with someone if they had a different music taste to you? I don't think so, no. I don't think I've ever really thought like that because I know that there's a lot of stuff that I like that isn't everyone's cup of tea. I, I guess maybe when I was younger, there were certain bands or musicians that I'd be like, ew, I can't believe you like them, and maybe, like, mm-hmm. judge a person for liking them, but not if they didn't like the stuff I liked. You know what I mean? If I met someone who was like in their 30s and they were like, my favorite ever band is One Direction, I'd be like, uh. <laughs> I know so many people who probably listen to this podcast who that's true for. And you know what? I'm a little bit side eyeing it in the sense that like some of these people were like crushing on like these literal teenage boys. Yeah. They're not, they're not teenage boys anymore, but. They were um, when they were one, one Direction. Like, yeah. Yeah. In the early days, I believe, at least. I mean, I feel a bit like, um, do you remember that episode of Seinfeld where Kramer's reading a, a VCR manual? No. And then he's like, well, we can't all be reading the classics, Professor Highbrow. And I kind of feel like that about music. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think that you can judge someone based on, on their taste in music? No, but I have been giving a lot of thought about it. I think there's like a lot you could probably tell about demographics based on what mm. someone listens to maybe. Like, for instance, um, oh, like my manager at a place I work at loves like smashing pumpkins and silver chair and that and when um so he's like gen x (laughs) or like i think he might be still like elder millennial 
Yeah, yeah. So I think he might be of an age with Robert because uh, we went into work. For those who don't know, I now work at a bar and we went in for lunch and um, his playlist was playing and Robert was just like, just really enjoying the music. And I was like, yeah, that actually tracks like you're both sort of from the same, not the same rural area, but like a sort of ruralish area around the same time, probably like... Mm -hmm not listening to mainstream stuff so a little bit alternative so at that time that would probably naturally be like what they gravitated towards yeah yeah so like i think you know if i just met someone and they gave me their playlist i don't know i don't think i'd be able to tell anything about them whether they're kind whether they're generous or whether they're oh actually my exception to this and this is what someone raised in a discord chat someone said you know if someone listens to black metal and depending on what bands like what black metal bands they listen to you could probably like side eye them and be like are you kind of a fascist Mm. because there's there are definitely anti-fascist black metal bands as like a direct response to all the fascist bands within black metal but then sort of in that conversations, this person was like, Google Varg Vikanez, who is like the one man behind Burzum, has been to jail for murder, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, shit. Um, he's back out and he, now he just posts fascist shit on Twitter. It's beautiful. Love it. Love it. Yeah, this person was just like, you know, Google this person. I was like, oh, yeah, well, actually, I was almost exclusively into black metal when I was a teenager. And then someone else said, I literally would have never, like, I can't reconcile those two things, which is like, clearly, you can't tell something about someone's personality. Like, if you don't know that I have the capacity to listen to black and metal, like I still sometimes do. I know I'm rambling here, but I guess I'm saying you might be able to have some red flags up if you know some context behind specific bands but you also don't know like their motivation for this or what they enjoy from it or exactly yeah 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 Yeah, like if someone's listening to chris brown you're like bro bro (laughs) (laughs) with the knowledge that you have you're still listening to chris brown yeah okay (laughs) i guess like the the question would be how would we define personality or what because it says anything about their personality was the question. Yes. Which, yeah, I think that still broadly depends on how you're defining the scope of that, like of what mm-hmm. would constitute their personality or what would – like actually it just as like a contrary, I know I said yes, but as a sort of contrary point, when I was living in Illinois, I went to a Morrissey concert in Chicago. Um, <laughs> and I have to say the demographic of that was fucking bizarre like really because it was in it would have been in 2009 and yeah it was just like such a mixture like you couldn't you couldn't pinpoint any type of person that was there it was just like there Mm. were you know jocks and dads in leather jackets and like Mm -hmm. you know young people like me and my friend went together yeah it was bizarre it was like outcasts with people who were clearly like the popular person in school or Um, like football players and yeah it was so strange I was like man this really is just like its own genre because like the Smiths and Morrissey in general just because it doesn't have like a type of person that listens to it you know what I mean like yeah it was really strange I think the the closest thing I've ever had to that was maybe when I went to a Nick Cave concert and like Mm. in terms of just who went but definitely no jocks like that's very broad yeah um well, yes. what's strange to me is, like, thinking of Nick Cave. Like, I know quite a few people who love Nick Cave, including Hugh. 
And when I think of those people, even if they're very different to each other, I'm always like, oh, that makes sense that they like yeah. Nick Cave. You know what I mean? Like yeah, he's such true. a yeah. he's a very specific musician where I'm like, oh yeah, that I can tell a lot about a person if Nick Cave is one of their favorite artists. I think in the past, especially around my you know when I was a teenager and also going through a cool girl phase, it was definitely like, oh, you don't like the bands I like. How could we possibly be friends? Or it's now like the things that I look for in friends have nothing to do with their music taste and they actually do have a broad taste in music and stuff like that. Like, yeah. The motivation for this question, I mean, I'm, you know, assuming here, but I imagine it was more on the basis of like, if you meet someone and you find out their taste in music, can you make assumptions about their personality in an accurate way? Not like, you know, if you already know someone, can you can you sort of guess if that yeah. makes sense? Like, yeah, and yeah. yeah, I think there's so much to a person, and and it's also like think of how many artists in the course of your life you've like listened to, enjoyed, you would like to listen to again or have no issue with. You would name as your favorite artist, but the next week you would change your mind. Like, there's just so much to consider. You know, it would depend on what, like, what is your taste in music? Like, how do you even define that? You know, like Spotify yeah. rap does a pretty shit job in my opinion. Oh so. my God, it does. Yeah. Some mm. of the genres that they come up with are fucking bizarre. I'm like, what even is that? <laughs> oh my God, I know. Someone raised um, in the Discord, they believe that depending on what someone refuses to listen to may be a sign of racism or classism. And I think oh, that, the, that probably is true. What you don't listen to might say more about yeah, you. Yeah, like people um, who are like, so I don't listen to rap, I don't listen to country or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, it's one thing to just be like, hey, I, I actually just, I'm just not into it. But there, if there mm. is actually like, there might be an underlying thing there, you know? Yeah. But um, yeah, I will speak to you soon. Yeah, cool. Can you tell anything about someone's personality based on their music taste? So I said no, I think, and I believe I was like, you might be able to guess someone's age or where they grew up, but nothing necessarily intrinsic to them. I have since went away and done some reading, some thinking, some ranting, some raving to various people in my life, and then a bit more reading. And uh, here's my journey. So... Basically, I tried to use more recent studies while looking into this because, as it turns out, people have been trying to scientifically figure out if there's an association between music preference and personality since, like, the 1930s. There are a bunch of theories out there for why certain people might prefer certain types of music styles. Some take an interactionist approach where basically it's assumed that people prefer specific types of music because their personality traits drive them towards specific goals that can be satisfied by that very music. So like an example would be those who love socializing may tend to enjoy music that could foster social interaction with peers like dance music or I wrote in brackets mm. or the social interaction that only comes when a cluster of drunk white women hear Mr. Brightside by the killers uh, <laughs> as it comes on in a pub. Yes. Like that is a specific goal that can only be reached by that one song. I don't know where that fits <laughs> in, but <laughs> others subscribe to a theory of optimal arousal, which looks at music's potential to regulate the listener's level of psychophysiological arousal. This is something, for now, I'll just put a bit of a pin in, and I'll circle back around to that later. Before I launch into the first paper I read, I'm going to be referring to a personality trait called openness, and 
I'm not going to elaborate on what that means until towards the end of my little spiel. Well, I already know what that means, but I imagine that like anyone that's familiar with the big five, I'm sure knows what that means. Yeah, I feel like for this, we probably read a lot of the same papers just because there's such limited research or at least, okay, I don't think it's that there's limited research. I think it's that whole thing of like, you know, the loudest voice is the one that's heard. <laughs> and there's some people that are very much like, you know, big wheels at the cracker factory, so to speak, mm-hmm, with, mm-hmm. This, um, <laughs> with this subject matter. So, yeah, anyway. So, Kaori, you already are all over it, but for the listeners who don't know what this is, I promise I will tell you what that encompasses, but I'm taking you through my findings more or less as I came across. So, first off, I found a 2017 paper by Schaefer and Melhorn titled can personality traits predict musical style preferences? A meter analysis. So in my opinion, if you can find a relatively recently published meter analysis of a particular research problem, it can provide a pretty good overall look into what work has been done before, an overview of common methodologies, and an overview of the results found from the studies being analysed. This particular meta-analysis looked at 28 different studies regarding the association between personality traits and music preferences, with over a quarter of a million total participants. Here are some findings that piqued my interest. Of the 28 studies they looked at, 15 of the publications reported the mean age of respondents, which yielded a global mean of 22.4 years old. So from me saying that, most of the studies had people answering that were like 22 years old do you see what problem that might cause yeah i feel like at that age you you don't even fucking know who you are yet a lot of people they're probably basing their personality on their music taste rather than (laughs) the other way or like i mean correlation causation whatever like there's still Mm -hmm. you know if, if they're actively choosing to define themselves based on that but anyone that age that is forced to talk about their self view like to self identify as anything problematic (laughs) versus like you know qualified professionals saying this person is like this based on this behavior where they're like no I'm totally like this and I'm like this are you though like yeah right because I guess as probably we'll discuss over the course of this episode like a lot of these studies use questionnaires that they fill in themselves right so Mm -hmm. yeah how accurate is that you know but yeah so I found that interesting on its own and yeah, I'm glad you can already see why that might be a problem. Mm -hmm. In terms of personality and music preference, they found that personality traits barely account for inter-individual differences in music preferences. The largest correlation found within the analysis was from the raw data that they got from the authors of a 2013 study that had a quarter of a million participants. It looked at 23 music styles against the big five personality traits. Kara, you'll probably get into it too. The big five personality quiz, I guess, has been around since at least the 1960s and has been used in these studies around music preference since the 1960s. And it involves openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and emotional stability or neuroticism. So anyway, back to this study. From the quarter of a million participants, they found that Of the 115 possible correlations, only 25 had an effect size, and those were small. I think it was something like 3% of inter-individual variance in preference for rap and hip-hop, and individual extroversion was like the biggest thing that they found. So that's tiny. And it was just for extroverts, 
preferring rap and hip hop. That was it. (laughs) And in the meta-analysis overall, some studies found positive correlations between openness to experience. So that, again, is a factor of the big five personality. But they stated that even though some of these positive correlations were found, there were other studies that had used the same methodology and they could not replicate those results. And basically, the authors of this meta-analysis noted that there's generally just a very long history of this research problem having inconsistent and unreplicable results, even with standardization of measures and stuff. So overall, they greatly challenged the idea that personality traits significantly determine music preferences. The authors suggest that a more interesting and useful research problem or question may be investigating personality traits as a predictor for how people might use music in different situations rather than what they enjoy generally. So like their motivations Mm -hmm. and how they like to use music. So that was the first thing I found. And I was like, all right, this is not, (laughs) I'm feeling like this is another hill that I've, you know, maybe picked the right hill again, but not really known exactly why. Yeah, like when you get the right answer, but without <laughs> without the working out yet. Like, exactly. Yeah, I'll figure that out, that out later. Exactly. Because, yeah. like, I'm sure, like, you might have found it, but, like, and even as that meta-analysis revealed that there are plenty of studies that say that, yeah, there is a correlation, but when you look at the methodology behind it, it kind of falls apart very quickly. So that was the first thing. Then a few days later, Robert sent me a Reddit thread titled TIL, or Today I Learned, that classical music and metal fans have the most similar personalities based on a study of 36,000 people in more than 60 countries. Both have the same basic motivation, to hear something dramatic and theatrical, a shared love of the grandiose. So I thought I would dig into it. The article that the Reddit thread linked to was written in 2016, but I scrolled down to the bottom and saw that the sources they used were from the mid-2000s. I read one of them, which my bad didn't actually address the metal fans thing exactly. But I did notice that the one that I did read was a chapter by a scholar that I had come across while doing a bit of research on a work lunch break and forgot to write down the actual citation for. Like, I had remembered that the paper was from 2010, so it was later than this chapter. And he said that basically music taste had more to do with age, sex and income when it came to liking and reasons for liking music than it did about personality traits. So I was like, okay, well, this is weird because Reddit said that personality traits had a lot to do with music. But yeah, anyway, I read the chapter that was published a few years earlier than this 2010 paper. The chapter mostly talked about the different aspects of personality and music theory studies, and it was quite critical of the gaps in the work to date. There was a lot that wasn't relevant for what we're talking about in this episode, but there are a few things he noted that I found to be quite interesting and then led to where my attention went for the rest of it in terms of like trying to poke holes in other sources. So the author of this chapter said about the listener, and like he's one of these scholars, so he's very critical of even work he's put out, right? So about the listener, in particular... He said, we address socioeconomic status, age, sex, personality, and the effects of musical training. Because if you ask music students about their preference, their reasons for liking music might be quite different to just someone with no musical training. Totally. But he noted that 
Perhaps most conspicuous by virtue of its absence from this list is research on ethnicity. And that's something I had noticed too. And this is a problem in fucking every research field is that they use majority white respondents and pretend Mm. that race has no impact. You know, so many people, even academics, are of the belief that no matter what you're studying, like if it's not directly related to race, then it's almost not worth noting. But this guy had and it was quite critical of these authors, said that some authors in the past regarding the effects relating to ethnicity and music preferences and the reason why no attempt has really been made to explore differences in ethnicity and preference was because some authors argued that there's no real reason to research into ethnicity and the effects of music preference because the results are too obvious to question. So essentially saying, well, we already know what black people like to listen to, so why would we bother? Like, so that just had me like, fuck off. Like, I mean, it's just like saying like, well, we know all white people like to listen to like country and pop. You know what I mean? Like, or like, death metal, country and pop or something. Like, the most white sort of genres I can Uh think of. And it's like, that's not... Like, why even have the other genres then? Like, if you think that, like, black people only listen to, like, hip-hop or something, or, like, rap and R&B and soul and blues or whatever, it's like, then why do you even include those genres in your white people studies? Like, Well, because we know that that white people have such Oh, white people get to enjoy everything. Yes. White people get to enjoy other people's culture. Absolutely. So that wasn't the end of that chapter, but I will butt in here because I lied. Before the chapter, I did read one other paper, but I didn't know it would be necessarily relevant to this topic. But I feel like I want to rant to you about it anyway. (laughs) I swear to God, this fucking paper was like created in a lab specifically to piss us off. So... It's a 2018 paper by some academics in Japan. It's titled Negative Correlation Between Salivary Testosterone Concentration and Preference for Sophisticated Music in Males. Oh my god, I saw the title of that sitting in the fucking Google Drive, like in our shared Google Drive, and I was like, I don't remember reading that, and I was like, oh fuck. (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i'm just like imagining like if you just forgot what we were questioning and you're like what's josie on these days like is she becoming a turf like what the fuck's happening the thing is i didn't know if it was tapping into because it was just in suggested it wasn't like things you've opened recently (laughs) and because i was like opening a fuck ton of documents like this today and we've looked at a bunch of the same articles and so a lot of them were ones that i've looked at today and then yeah that was that one and i was like I don't remember reading that. I'm glad I didn't read that. Like, so thank oh. you for doing the hard work for me. Oh, oh my God. I got on one about this. So I, I will offer criticisms for like the personality tests soon. But this one I feel like is worth mentioning just as like a, God, we know nothing. All of this is shit. Every paper is citing other papers that are just shit. I was mm. just like, really? That's the biggest thing I found too. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my god, that is my probably like the overall arching theme of this is everyone is shit. Like just we know nothing. It's all flimsy. Anyway, so negative correlation between testosterone and sophisticated music preference. 
one of the papers that didn't find that music preference was mediated by the big five personality test, which, you know, if I was just wanting to cherry pick, I could use this as like a, hey, look, my hill proven Mm -hmm. here. But I still just wanted to dunk on this paper in general. So basically they looked at salivary testosterone concentration and strength of preference for five different music types in young males and females. (laughs) The results revealed a significant negative correlation between salivary testosterone concentration and preference for sophisticated music such as classical and jazz so first off so 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 wait when they say sophisticated music (laughs) are they just meaning like highbrow cultural capital like cara see this is this is it this is why we're friends so i ranted about this on twitter i was like i don't want to talk about it much but like come the fuck on anyway First question, what the fuck is sophisticated music? So yeah. I looked at their methodology and they were using this, like, I think the acronym is like music or something like that. It was like a certain scale or something. And I found this other paper that went through the whole process of how they determined what was sophisticated and what was highbrow and what was lowbrow. I do have to show you this. I will post it in the show notes and on Twitter. But Kara, one of my like Twitter friends found this. And they like sort of map what is highbrow, what is lowbrow. Oofa doofa is all I have to say. Once you notice stuff, if you want to just explain to the listeners what you see. So it immediately splits into sophisticated on the left and then lowbrow on the right, Mm -hmm. which that in itself is like, you know, they're not mutually exclusive, but fine. Then... Sophisticated just branches into sophisticated, 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 like as a tree structure. Mm-hmm. And then from lowbrow, it branches off into campestral or intense. And it's got written above that country rock heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And then what do you see mm. to the right, the furthest on the right there? Mellow and then urban. <laughs> urban. Urban. Urban's just and they're like not talking oh, about a- Keith. I, uh. <laughs> Is it separate? No, to yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> it's not like the Keith Urban oh. quadrant or fucking whatever. Just, <laughs> he just gets his own little box, like just the weirdos yeah. that like Keith Urban. And like, oh. to be fair, I, I'm sure that there's like way more context that I'm missing out on here. There's probably like some real like hoity-toity justifications for why it branched off like this, but you're not telling me that the reason that Urban is all on its lonesome over there... It's not only the whole way on its own, it's the furthest away from sophisticated. And it's not... Oh my god. It's the lowest branch and it's the furthest away. Like, implying that it is the the lowest of the lowbrow. And there's nothing connecting it to anything necessarily. Like, it's literally on its It's own. It's literally not connected. It doesn't even branch off of, like, the other ones, you know, like, campestral flows to campestral, campestral, intense, intense. Mellow kind of just sits a level above on its own as well, but at least flows on to another mellow. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, there's just urban. Which, is that to do with the amount of people that, do you know, were these studies conducted on a Japanese population? You said it was a Japanese paper. So this was found in like the huge thing based on the, how to determine what music preferences are. This was what the methodology used in the Japanese one was like based out of. Okay. Yeah. And so this is why like huge disclaimer, I didn't read all of that, but. You know, you can't fucking tell me that even, like, if this was the results that the people who were developing this scale or whatever, or classification system were doing, you can't tell me that the reason that urban is all on its lonesome over there is not embedded in 
a social thing. So much of this is just totally ignores society in general. Oh, yeah. And, like, you can't even say, oh, it's because just not as many people will... Like, if not as many people were listening to it, why would people like Kanye West be fucking (laughs) billionaires or whatever? You know? Really makes (laughs) you think. But, yeah, so so there was that. And I was like, okay, so what we're even determining is sophisticated music is probo in itself. So that was one issue I had. Also, just a quick question. If they were also, like, defining people's tastes, like... Is this something they get told it's sophisticated after the fact? Because I can imagine a bunch of, like, college-age kids being like, Mm -hmm. I want to seem smart, I want to seem sophisticated, like, I'm not lowbrow. And actually, even more so, if you were from a background where you were, you know, of a lower socioeconomic status, you're probably more inclined to want to appear sophisticated or, like, seem cultured if you had been deprived of a level of that. Well, that's 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 interesting that you say that, and this will come up in a second too, don't you worry. (laughs) So they found that negative correlation between salivary testosterone concentration and preference for sophisticated music. But they noted that this only occurred in the male population and that no such differences were found in the female population. I just lost my shit. I'm like saying, so you're saying that testosterone concentration and preference for music is like, there's a correlation there, but it only happened in half of your fucking sample? And you're not going to try and discuss that because like, you know, obviously I have fucking questions about the gender binary. And so if you're going to ascribe differences in taste in music based on testosterone level, you can't just ignore half of your fucking sample. Like I just, I just was like, what the fuck is going on here? In the results section, they noted that participants expressed that the purpose of listening to classical or jazz music was to please authoritative figures. Because, as you were kind of saying, it seemed as more sophisticated. And when you're younger, a lot of people want to mm. prove something to like, people. I'm a grown-up. Like, I'm intelligent. I'm yeah. Whatever. Okay. And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I know anything about Japanese culture. But, like, I wonder how much respect for people who are older than you has to do with that. And, like, what the culture of, like, professionalism and stuff like that has. Does that kind of make sense? Like, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, not like... I was going to say, like, our self-imposed culture of being contrarian fucks. I imagine mm-hmm. it's, like, less popular. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and so the authors noted that of particular relevance to the present study, other authors in the past noted a prominent relationship between free testosterone level and antisocial behavior in males. But this didn't exist in females. So Yeah, gee, I bet that has nothing to do with socialization. That is it! That fuck that up! Oh! Exactly. So in caps, I said, fucking Christ on a bike so much. This could be explained by socialization and culture. I love it. Oh, my God. I was so mad. Like, oh, testosterone and males being aggressive. But we also don't see an increase in the testosterone levels in females leading to more aggression. Hmm. Oh, well, <laughs> like, it just made me so... What a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, guess we won't look into it further. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Anyway. Oh, well, must, ha- must be have to do with the testosterone and music preference. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> but oh, I also want to put a pin in that claim that higher testosterone and, like, antisocial behavior being a thing as well. So another pin on that. I have several pins. I'm not really keeping track, but they're there. Okay, so circling back around to that chapter that I was talking about before. 
the chapter then got on to biological explanations. And that's sort of why I raised the Japanese study just now, before I forgot. So back to the chapter when they begin the biological reasons why people might have preferences for music types. And apparently in 2002, there was a study that interviewed lung and heart transplant recipients. And the findings led the authors to like argue that factors such as cellular memory could explain instances where recipients moved towards their donors in terms of music preference as well as other lifestyle preferences and sensory experiences. I didn't could have it to- not be just that like their life is different because they underwent a super fucking traumatic <laughs> surgery and experience. Like- well, yeah. So I unfortunately didn't have enough time to look into that one further, but I was like, that sounds cool, but I'm going to call bullshit. Like, again, it's probably just like, hey, yeah. my circumstances have it's changed. like, oh, did you do a really extensive study of the donor before doing the study of the recipient mm-hmm. to know or were they just like this heart came from a black person and now oh you my like fucking rap. oh my fucking god that would be <laughs> that would be a really mortifying but like i can see it how would it not be surprise done. me based on the research that we've come across oh, that's this true time, it would honestly not surprise <gasps> me oh my god i'm just imagining for some reason i'm picturing david cross coming into a party dressed you know like this is how comedians be racist by the way not me not me, but you know, wearing baggy pants and like maybe doing actually like saying the N word or something. And people are like, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, it's okay. I got a heart transplant from a black man. <laughs> and like him trying to like get away with using like the N word. Yeah. 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 I'm sure that's actually fucking being done. Probably SNL. Or yeah. Something. Who knows? Legit. I'm trying. I feels familiar. Like mm-hmm. I'm not with David Cross, but I'm trying to think of like a situation, but I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure it's been done. Yeah. But yeah, so there was that. Then they were saying, like, the role of music preference in relation to personality. So this goes back to that theory of, like, optimal arousal. There's an argument that people who have suboptimal baseline cortisol levels, which the author characterizes as extroverts, may seek out music that is more arousing, while those who are more introverted may seek music that does not stimulate them too much. So on the face of it, that sounds interesting. But my first thought of this is that For one, the categories of extrovert and introvert are a human creation and aren't necessarily, like, they don't really mean much. And there are also many people who have lower baseline cortisol levels who also have sensory processing disorders, like me. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes the worst thing for me is to have, like, arousing music. So that's an interesting theory that if you don't think about it too much, you're like, okay, yeah, whatever. But, I mean, anecdotally, I just call bullshit on that one. Then there are findings that people with more conservative attitudes towards sexuality prefer safe, familiar artistic objects compared to quote-unquote problem music, otherwise rap and metal. Problem music? <laughs> yeah. What? And then they, they say rap and metal. Wow. And, you know, of course I'm biased here as someone who has a background in social science, but these things are absolutely fucking learned. Like, there's no immutable characteristic of a person that says that they're going to be conservative towards sexuality like is it a factor of who they are as individuals yeah could you argue their conservatism is a factor of their personality yes when you understand that personalities are partially formed by their social context and more than any sort of intrinsic thing Mm -hmm. again like they just slip back into ascribing things to people's personalities as if they occur in a vacuum really yep yeah and like ultimately the author argued that the value in some of the studies conducted 
is that it has helped show that music can improve people in their day-to-day lives and that more value should be placed on music creation, dissemination and consumption, not because of profits, but because of the way that people respond to it. Like it can significantly improve people's moods and stuff. And I totally agree. Like I think that even though I fucking hate this line of research at the moment, what I've seen, I think the argument that, yeah, showing how it can improve people's moods and affect them is of value. So now I think I have several pins in how like the correlation between testosterone liking, quote unquote, less sophisticated music. So the next study I looked at was called Challenging the Presumptive Link Between Musical Preference and Aggression. So this was a 2021 study that challenged the notion that many other music preference studies quote unquote prove or theorize that high levels of aggression, deviance and antisocial behavior is associated with preferences of extreme or intense music genres such as metal, punk and rock. I'm sure that most people listening can probably like picture the whole wow my son is listening to metal I think he might kill me I'm pretty sure it's been fucking Jerry Springer episodes of that but like even academics have been looking into this some have even suggested that the music itself led to increased aggression and behavioral dysregulation outside of even Jerry Springer it's like a you know almost I don't want to say socially accepted because it shouldn't be, but it it does become more like even mainstream than that. Like if you look at West Memphis 3 or like Mm. Columbine and stuff. I mean, West Memphis 3, they were innocent, so totally different. But they basically looked at like, oh, look, they listen to dark music, therefore they must be doing bad things. Like the same with like Columbine where it's like, oh, you guys listen to Marilyn Manson. That's why you did this. Like, yeah, no. I and mean, it, Marilyn Manson's a dickhead too, but no, oh, like, it's not why. Man, uh. bit of a sidebar, like, when, you know, it all clearly came out that he's a perp, I was like, for fuck's mm. sake, this is just, like, a point for every, like, Christian mum's, like, oh, Marilyn Manson, he's gonna make my kid oh, a, for an real. abuser. I was like, for fuck's sake. Yeah, yeah. but also, this is of course his victims were my first thought but then I was like god damn it because you know I listened to Marilyn Manson growing up and there was that whole like my mum was pretty cool with it but there was and possibly still is to some extent a moral panic around that sort Mm. of thing but I think it's kind of shifted over to video games a bit more maybe these days yeah so this 2021 study it kind of went through prior literature and found that the studies that sort of showed the relationship between the music preference and aggression seemed like what the authors of these previous studies that were like, yes, see, look, angry and metal. What they kind of ignored was that predisposition to aggression seemed to be a bigger factor in later aggression than the music did. Wait, wait, are you saying that there are other factors that can influence personality? (laughs) Well, (laughs) I don't know, because, you know, if if I lived in a bubble right now, so much of what I've read has said that music (sighs) actually will determine the rest of your life and I I live in a bubble and there is nothing else influencing me. The authors of this 2021 study noted that there have been studies that cited association with levels of anger to metal but noted that they didn't choose a population who necessarily liked metal music so it's possible that non-fans were angry that they were being asked to listen to a style of music they didn't like ah. <laughs> and I just laughed at that I was like oh yeah and they said like raising the constructive musical taste as a potential confound to previous research so yeah like i laughed at that one because i was just like yeah actually like people might be feeling pissed off because they're made to sit through like music that they don't really like yeah legit 
And then I kind of went on a tangent. This 2021 study did their own experiment and they found that musical preferences tended to account for none to negligible additional variants in aggressive tendencies after controlling for age, gender, and psychiatric symptoms. While a preference for intense and rebellious music was associated with symptoms of psychopathology, the relationship was the weakest amongst all assessed music genres. Mm. That is, self-reported preference for intense music was not more strongly related to psychopathological symptoms than was preference for any other musical type. It was the weakest positively correlated, is that? Yes, yes. Out of any that you could possibly draw a correlation between, this was Uh the weakest, yeah. Finally, the results challenged the presumptive and pervasive contemporary academic psychological view of intense rebellious and or extreme music as being problematic and yeah like no shit and so I thought that one was really good obviously I agree with that but like for like transparency's sake they used Amazon Mechanical Turk for the survey takers and I have some criticisms with that but it's still possibly better than other ways of sampling but that's not for today but I just thought I should take a note Mm. that this wasn't like a flawless paper in and of itself I'm kind of wrapping up here. So by this point, when I was reading through it, I was like, yeah, there's fucking, you know, I'm not buying any of this any more than I was before. Like I got to a 2017 study that alleged to show a connection between personality traits and uses of music. But again, their methodology was deeply flawed. Quote, the participants under study were exclusively undergraduate and predominantly female, 74%, and Caucasian, 89%. (laughs) Which may not reflect the general population. I was like, of course it doesn't fucking... Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Anyway, that made me mad. Maybe Um, at like a fucking Catholic or girls' school. Exactly, yeah. If you want to look at the music preference of a Catholic or girls' school, there you go. (laughs) And then there was another one. There was another paper I looked at. It looked at personality and preference of world music between South Korean and US populations. It used mm-hmm. different instrumental pieces of world music from a variety of different like parts of the world. I, I just wanted to raise that because I thought that it was better in terms of its methodology because when it came to the US participants, they did compare. So for instance, there were 19 total Asian American participants and then they randomly selected 19 white American, 19 Hispanic American, and 19 African American participants from the US sample. And they compared to see if there was any statistically significant differences within the ethnicities of that group. It is a small sample, but you know, they sort of tried to make a token effort of ensuring that at least the US population was more homogenous than, you know, other studies that totally ignore ethnicity differences that Mm. exist within a population in terms of musical preference and personality again they use like the big five and god why does everyone have such a fucking hard on for that (laughs) test (laughs) oh yeah they do so overall like the study showed that familiarity with music is the strongest contributor to well music preference across the board and accounted for 40 percent of listener preferences with only 3.3 percent being attributed to the personality trait of openness to experience Hmm. so it's like yeah it barely had anything to do with personality traits again but the one that was the biggest was openness so both this study itself and just from what i read in my time researching for this episode Openness to experience as an indicated personality trait most predicted individuals' music preferences for classical, jazz, pop, soul, rock, and blues. 
whereas other domains within the Big Five personality test have had inconsistent results. So because of this, I kept seeing openness to experience. And I know we probably briefly touched on this shit in our personality episode on Patreon, but I was like, okay, I got to actually find out what the fuck openness to experience means. Like, what is that? And so my distaste for personality tests hasn't changed, but I figured I would go over what openness to experience means in the context of the Big Five. Now, this part comes from Wikipedia, which I'm not particularly proud of, but since it wasn't directly related to the music preference. Since, since it's all bullshit anyway. Exactly. Sure it doesn't matter. And That's you know, probably where the researchers got it, to be fair. Oh, so. oh you fucking wait. You just wait. <laughs> I squealed in this next little part. So, okay. yeah, since this wasn't directly related to music preference and personality itself, I gave myself a break and just went with a simple explanation for myself. So openness involves six dimensions, active imagination, aesthetic sensitivity, attentiveness to inner feelings, preference for variety, intellectual curiosity, and challenging authority. These dimensions are allegedly all significantly correlated, so have been clustered into the umbrella term of openness. The Wikipedia article made a point to say that openness appears to be largely unrelated to symptoms of mental disorders. Thank you. According to the Wikipedia article, it is believed that openness may have a genetic component. So I saw this. I was like, huh? Wait, genetics? Oh, I gotta have a look at this. Because, you know, by this point, I'm mostly like, uh, you know, I don't really agree with what they're saying about openness, but I see what they're putting down, you know, whatever. But then I saw this genetic part and I was like, fuck, I gotta have a look at this. So it is believed that openness may have a genetic component and studies have been performed looking at sets of twins that were adopted into different families and were raised in very different environments. And a sort of meta-analysis of these twin studies showed that studies that looked at the big five and twins, openness was the most heritable trait out of the big five. But that was like 57%. So, you know, still not a majority. And so at this point, I was like, oh, you know, that's kind of interesting. Like maybe for fun, I might want to look at those studies one day. But then I saw in the next sentence, openness is the only personality trait that correlates with neuropsychological tests of dorsolateral prefrontal cortical function, supporting theoretical links among openness, cognitive functioning and IQ. And then I went, hmm, what? What, we're talking about IQ and cognitive functioning and personality? Hmm, I'm just a little bit, I need to make sure who who is cited here because this could go in a really bad direction. So I clicked the little citation thing on Wikipedia and who the fuck do I see other than Jordan B. Peterson cited? Oh, Like he does have published scientific papers, right? And this was fucking one of them. He is a big five believer. Like, he loves eugenics. And here he is. Like, his whole thing of work is connecting IQ, cognitive functioning, and whether you're open. And, and, like, knowing that openness is, like, about challenging authority and, like, intellectual curiosity. I'm like, for fuck's sake. Of course it is. I just, like, squeal. I was like, no fucking way. Like, I just, you know, I had a bad feeling about this. And, of course, this is Jordan Peterson's bag. And if it's his fucking bag, there is, like, I'm just discrediting it all. I don't care if that, like, makes me (laughs) a shit bag myself. But I'm like, no, the big five can go eat a dick. For those who don't know, Jordan Peterson, best-selling author. I'm sure you do know him. (sighs) Okay, here's a quote from Jordan Peterson. This isn't even his worst one. But I just want to show you why... 
him being associated with any of this at all is so, like, discredits everything. This motherfucker, who said, among many other things, the idea that women were oppressed throughout history is an appalling theory. Islamophobia is a word created by fascists and used by cowards to manipulate morons. White privilege is a Marxist lie. He believes that those who propose that gender identity is subjective is as bad as claiming that the world is flat. Motherfucker, you do personality tests in your fucking career. Oh my god. <sighs> but he's so open to experience. He's he's and so to other people's perspectives. Oh, like... openness, <laughs> openness to experience. <laughs> oh, oh, this cunt. I'm sorry. Like, because I don't give it. I can tell you some crazy shit about the big five. I mean, I will tell you. Some I can't crazy wait. Shit about I can't wait because so. this is how I finished it off. Like, you know, I was already like dubious. Like, oh, there's not really like any evidence. Okay. Like, I thought that was mostly going to be it. I thought this was going to be quick of me. I thought I was just going to be like, hey, there's not really anything. <sighs> and it ended up at Jordan B. fucking Peterson. I just can't get over this cunt is like talking about subjectivity and shit and he revolves his work around personality tests the most subjective thing on earth so to finish off like all of this i i have to write it off as bullshit because so many of these studies like of course there's always going to be limitations in studies but for the scale to be used to be the big five like is a huge problem for me especially coming from a sociological perspective and even like probably anthropologists will agree as well like expression of personality traits quote-unquote can be so different across cultures and time and just like context and so it is so totally subjective that like the audacity of jordan peterson to say that like all these other things are like people who say gender is subjective is as bad as claiming as the world is flat like fuck off cunt i just oh anyway so my heel cara would you like to guess what it is now i'm gonna say you didn't shift (laughs) i'm just i'm just picturing like the amount of times you like put a pin in it put a pin in it like you're aiming for a corkboard and then that last one was just a fucking water balloon you just like put a pin in it what the fuck (laughs) yep yep exactly it was like (laughs) like you know i was like trying to be a bit delicate with how i turned you know tore it down because you know all these people it's their life's work yeah 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 now fuck it all fuck it all put it in the bin take a huge dump light it on fire (laughs) anyway (laughs) that's my help so, Kara, thank you for listening. I'm sorry it took so long. <laughs> Would you care to tell me about your findings? Yeah, sure. So I read a bunch of different studies and I ended up like, I'll just like show notes them because there's just so many and a lot of them are just saying the same shit. A lot of them are referencing <laughs> the same people, which, exactly. by the way, one of the main sort of guys well, it was two guys, but Peter Renfro and Samuel Gosling. I'm sure you probably can't yeah, their names. A I bit. saw them referenced. Mm-hmm. So they had an article that was called The Do-Re-Mis of Everyday Life, The Structure and Personality Correlates of Music Preferences. Okay. Which, like, that doesn't even fucking make sense. Anyway, so I actually ended up going. So they're, I think they're at the University of Texas. I ended up going to Gosling's page for, you know, his research or whatever, which in itself made me angry because it wasn't even a fucking HTTPS site. It was HTTP. <laughs> and I was like, who even uses that these days? Anyway... <laughs> off to a bad start was like you motherfucker how dare you make me visit this unsecure site 
because okay the reason I went to it is because in some of the articles that I was reading that you know was referencing like by them and referencing them was talking about and I'm sure you mentioned it at some point the stomp scale what it actually stands for is the short test of music preferences right Mm -hmm. and all it is I did it myself because I was like okay if I'm gonna complain about how shit this is I at least need to do it to see it was the most fucking all it was was a list of 14 different music genres and then you had a scale and they couldn't even fucking format the scale properly so it was really hard to read like to figure out what it was but it was like rank it one for strongly dislike up to seven for strongly like right like for your preference for that genre so it's all like self-assigned whatever and then you just go through these 14 genres and write numbers like random fucking numbers in them and then there's not really even a proper guide you just look at the end and it's like okay say if it wasn't but we'll say like classical is number one and rock music is number two and country's number three or something you know and so it'll be like numbers one is associated with like you know sophistication or whatever and (laughs) two is associated with rebellion and like that was the sort of bullshit it was right and so there's it but it would be like uh this one trait and then numbers like one nine eleven twelve like that sort of shit so i did it and it was bullshit i mean like yeah it was it's hard to say like i don't even remember what it fucking hang on i'm gonna visit it right now because i can tell you what i got and now i'm having to visit that fucking not secure site again (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so so the genres and this is how broad it is as well they were like classical blues country dance slash electronica folk rap slash hip-hop soul slash funk religious alternative jazz Rock, religious pop, heavy metal soundtrack slash theme songs yeah what? religious gets its own fucking thing so then it split it only into four different types so they were like the four music preference dimensions is what they called them oh. like oh yeah. yeah wasn't it like rebellious or like complex or simple yeah or like yeah. yeah yeah you want to hear what they are so yes please. there's two it's it's like two traits per dimension oh i love a dichotomy Um, that's definitely what the world is built upon (laughs) so reflective and complex Mm -hmm. is the first one intense and rebellious (laughs) upbeat and conventional Mm -hmm. and energetic and rhythmic okay those are all like mutually exclusive and and completely fucking subjective (laughs) and nothing to do like how all music is fucking rhythmic Unless the musician's really fucking bad, you know? Like... Oh, have you considered avant-garde? <laughs> Not necessarily rhythmic. Oh, man. Yeah, I mean... Anyway, so I did that, and it was like <laughs> Intense and Rebellious was the highest ranking because the numbers associated with that are 9, 11, and 13, which if you look at the chart is like alternative rock and heavy metal. So it's like, well, fucking duh. Like, <laughs> fucking none of this duh. is... Yeah, and same with, like, Reflective and Complex was my second highest scoring, and that was Classical, Blues, Folk, and Jazz. Like, they're totally different genres. Like, you can't possibly... So this is the sort of broad strokes we're talking about when we're talking about these papers. Like, it's that level of fucked. Like, not only are you taking an already ridiculously broad landscape of music, but Mm -hmm. then they're simplifying it beyond simple like into these categories that don't even make sense lumping genres of music together that don't even make sense like they just pulled these out of their ass and were like they oh, well, really this did is good the fucking so. i like i didn't check but the bet that like these scales came from the brainchild of relatively wealthy white men like oh yeah definitely <laughs> definitely 
Mm-hmm. So an example of like them, and they talk about it as if it's fact. That's what's oh, so infuriating my- as well. That article by those two researchers, quote unquote researchers, I'll, I'll read a quote. An individual high in openness to new experiences may prefer styles of music that reinforce his or her view of being artistic and sophisticated. Furthermore, individuals may seek out particular styles of music to regulate their emotional states. For example, depressed individuals may choose style of music that sustain their melancholic mood. Fuck fuck off, cunt. Depression depression isn't... It's not a personality trait, motherfucker. (laughs) It's a mental illness. Like... What are they talking about? It just... <laughs> like, I have fucking sobbed. I have sobbed to happy music because guess what? My depression doesn't fucking care. <laughs> yeah. And this is the thing as well. It's like, that doesn't dictate your preference. Like, that, you know, th- there's so many levels of... It. This is why, like, uh, your motivation for listening to the music is such a big factor because mm-hmm. there's so many people that may choose to be like, fuck it, and or even just the same people but on different days. Sometimes yeah. you might choose to be like, fuck it, I'm lying on the floor and listening to sad songs, I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And then other days you're like, I cannot listen to a fucking minor scale. <laughs> like, I cannot. Oh, yeah. Like, it is, like, fucking C major key signatures all day. Like, <laughs> I relate to that. I cannot handle it. So. I relate to that so hard. So this is like side note again like motivations so important and like those individual decisions are way more of an indicator i think i said this in the first fucking half like i can't listen to some songs even if i objectively like them because i will probably die if i listen to them like i'll just not function (laughs) yeah Yeah, so 100 percent agree yeah. So, and like, even all this is like, so much of this is mood based rather than like, how much would you say that you could take your musical preference and make it just as like, this is what I like. It's like, yeah, you can, you can look at it in the sense of like, you know, this is what I listen to, like, these are just the raw numbers of what I listened to in the last year, but it's mm-hmm. not necessarily what you like. Like, so no much of the time I listen to shit I don't really like because I've just turned a playlist on and walked away or yeah. in the shower or something. And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to change it now. Like, yeah. So you listen <laughs> like, to it. Like, it's not really that. <laughs> Yeah, or like you just forget that shit that you do like exists sometimes. Uh, or oh, you know? every every year that <laughs> I remember placebo exists. Like I remember oh, I fucking love placebo. Right? I remember like once every year and I have a great time and then I forget about them for a holiday year. Yeah. Same I'm like that with regurgitator. Oh god, like, yeah. Oh, I fucking love regurgitator. Okay. Just in the, you know, more more sort of bullshit, quote-unquote, research, there was an article in the Daily Telegraph that was also, like, about, you know, they used the big five in the research they were referring to. But just, just listen to how much they make it sound like fact. And knowing what we know about okay. how much it's not, people who like easy listening music are likely to be talkative and energetic, while opera lovers are more insightful and imaginative, according to scientists. Two major studies conducted by psychologists from Cambridge and top U.S. universities have found personality types can be accurately predicted from musical <gasps> taste and vice versa. No way. Extra- yeah, just wait. Those with extrovert personalities, for instance, showed a preference for uncomplicated, relaxing, and acoustic music. I... Like... <laughs> I'm going to give these yeah. nerds a fucking I mean, to be fair, you. it's the Daily Telegraph, like, oh. shit. But still, <sighs> like, don't... Why the fuck would you quote this as like complete fact and like like accurate? No. And this is <laughs> this is the other thing. Like we said, can you? What what was the question exactly? It was like, can you predict someone's personality based on musical preference, right? Or like yeah, like taste. can you tell anything and, about someone's personality? Yeah, yeah. Which like 
it's you know even if you could it's a two-way street right like Mm -hmm. that's looking at it from one direction like the other way is that could your personality dictate what music you choose like there's a if you're trying to find a correlation it's like if you were a very specific type of person and then you're like well you know based on that i would choose to listen to this type of music predominantly but even then, it's like, who the fuck just listens to one type of music? I don't know. Anyway, this is making me mad. No, no, I'll again, continue. and it's totally <laughs> contextual and what you're already familiar with. Like, what are you going to do? Oh, yes, I'm going to hunt for this music that my personality dictates I like, but I don't know about it yet because there are so many. Yeah. Because believe it or not, guys, there is more than just country, folk, jazz, blues, Urban. And this is the other thing. This is all just like genres, no subgenres, no like any nuance to it whatsoever. It makes you wonder like which artists from these genres they would be mm-hmm. referring to. If they are in fact exposing people to them, I get the fact that I sorry, I get the impression that they're not. They're just literally having them fill out forms that have the the name of it. So some people might be filling out a form and be like, I don't like blues, but not realizing that a bunch of musicians they actually love are blues artists mm-hmm. or inspired by blues artists. And if they heard the blues artists would be like, oh fuck, this is really good. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. Ah, uh, like there's shit artists in every genre. And there's good artists in every genre. So, anyway. I think it's so funny that even though, like, neither of us talk about this, we're just, like, at most we'll say, oh, I'm so excited to talk about it. But I can't tell, talk about it right now. Like, we don't we don't yeah, talk yeah. about what we found we'll until this conversation. We'll intentionally isolate ourselves from talking about it. Exactly. So that we can just record it while we do. And the fact that both of us have just ended up being, like, this is all bullshit. Look at what they're doing. Look at the way they're doing it. They're making these like broad statements with nothing to back it up. Like (laughs) we're furious at it. (laughs) There was an article that was published in 2020 and this one was called associations between musical preferences and personality and female secondary school students. So at least with that, they are being highly specific. Yes. Yeah female secondary school students like you know limiting the the sample yeah and this quote so although it is a very attractive idea to infer an individual's personality only from their musical taste it seems as if researchers still need to rely on traditional self-report inventories or at least will need to include additional preference and lifestyle variables as well end quote no exactly. shit. <laughs> yes, that sums it up. No like, fucking shit. Like, <laughs> this is like astrology, yeah. like music astrology. Ex- which is, oh my god, I'm getting to that. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Which, you know, so, is fun, is fun, but it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally fun. So I'll launch into just like some other factors that mm-hmm. it may be worth considering while we're on this. So if you were trying to infer someone's personality from their musical days, just some things to consider mm-hmm. while we're doing this. So self-views and self-reporting, like having people do that, is heavily tied into people's self-esteem as well as their self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not accurate almost <laughs> ever because it's still being <laughs> skewed. It's highly, highly subjective. And even if someone knows themselves really well, they might still have low self-esteem and it won't be an accurate indicator. Their social identity or subculture, social inequality or social segregation, hmm. the preferences of their peers, other things that would skew their you know, musical preferences, especially if they're being questioned in a group situation. Hmm. 
cultural factors. So like, you know, how you grew up, where you are from, the language that you speak, your geographical location, and not just country, like in the international sense, but living in a rural or an urban environment. And when I say that, I do not mean urban in the way of that study. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I literally mean living in a city. Well, um, no, it's not code for work, don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like your sex and your gender and your expectation or like any expectations to conform to that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that would affect you know, people with very fragile ideas of gender might not want to like things that they think are typically female or typically male. Your socioeconomic status, what is accessible to you, your class and cultural capital, if something is highbrow or lowbrow, and mm. wanting to be perceived one way or the other. Like you might be from a lowbrow background and want to be perceived as highbrow. You might be from a higher socioeconomic class, but you want to piss off your parents and enjoy things that are lowbrow. Um, 100%. Your education, your social context of the artist or the genre, like how you perceive that artist or genre. Like if you think of a genre, what artist are you thinking of? Yeah. How are you perceiving the entire genre? genre the frequency to which a person listens to a song or to an artist the variety of genres that they enjoy the specificity of the preference so like are we talking the song the artist the album the subgenre the genre the era like there are so (laughs) many ways that you could break down music that it's fucking insane like even the other week you and i were talking about radiohead and we were discussing our favorite radiohead albums and we have completely different taste of radiohead it's uh-huh. like one artist, you know, like, exactly. how do you have, like, we li- literally listed our top three, I think it was top three Radiohead albums, and they were totally different eras of Radiohead. So it was and like, how do you, you know, even navigate that with one artist, let yeah. alone an entire fucking genre or music as a whole? Like, And, and like, not to mention just even, like, the basic thing of, you know, scales where you might rate something from like one to five someone's one might not be the same as the next person's one like the way that you can sort of oh yeah like, i mean we've all seen fucking etsy reviews where they're like <laughs> one star this is great like, yeah. what the fuck are you talking about yes <laughs> or like you know sometimes or like come four across. stars perfect but i don't like giving anything a perfect mark like exactly i don't believe in fives <laughs> or like yeah, sometimes yeah. i've been like hey, this was awful. I found pubes in my food, but the lady was really nice. Four stars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like shit. I've seen shit like that before. Oh, man. Oh, okay. So the motivation of the preference. So like, why are people listening to the music? Is mm-hmm. it for sensory arousal, for emotional outlet or distraction, like to heighten a mood or to quash one? That whole thing of like depression and melancholy music, which honestly could be a study on its own, but not in terms of what they enjoy or like their personality but just like how people deal with depression and music i'm sure it's been done independent variables so like other experiences and connections like people's occupations their friendships if they've been a victim of crime or a negative Fuck. or traumatic experience if that's happened while listening to a particular song oh. or genre and they have negative association your exposure based on your parents preferences personality disorders mental illness developmental disorders and then I'm like sorry this is like a big fucking list but this just proves how inaccurate yeah. this is no it, i sens- really appreciate it actually okay. <laughs> so on a sensory level and I know that you'll appreciate this because we're both pretty fucking sensitive on a sensory level. But just when you're talking about what you enjoy about music or what you don't enjoy and what you might be listening to, factors that would affect that in any way, Mm -hmm. the beat, the melody, the harmony, the tempo, time signature, key, chord progressions, instruments being played, the vocals, the lyrics, the fucking volume, like so (laughs) many things to consider and it's impossible to gauge this or to group these results in any kind of fucking meaningful way. Yes. Like, yeah, yep. it's just more fucking big data bullshit, to be honest, 100%. which 
brings me to my next fucking point. Oh, boy. <laughs> so, I've been doing a unit for the last few weeks in uni on information warfare. So, like, using information as a weapon. We've just done a whole big fucking thing on Cambridge Analytica. Oh, man. And you know what they use? What do they use? The big five. Are you fucking (laughs) kidding me? (laughs) Sorry, I'm so mad. So I'll explain this real briefly just in case there's anyone listening that doesn't, doesn't know what this is. But I'm sure everyone remembers back when the Trump election happened and Trump won the election and it shocked everyone because it didn't match the political polls. Cambridge Analytica is a British company that basically was paid by the Republican Party to manipulate people to vote for Trump. And what they did was that they used information as a weapon, which is why we're studying in this unit, but they like essentially uh, captured metadata from everyone and they, they used various apps and resources to gauge individuals' personalities and then target them for specific marketing campaigns based on their personality like what would be the most effective for their personality type. And then they would send them tailored advertisements through Facebook. So I don't know, like it's fucked. (laughs) It was a huge invasion of privacy and Mm -hmm. like hugely manipulative and created a lot of problems. Because it was very targeted, It ruined democracy. Like it fucking ruined democracy. But yeah, and it was, it was highly targeted and, and highly manipulative, but Basically, they used the big five as ways to, to group people into oh these groups God. to target them. So, you know, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword there where I'm like, big five is bullshit, but also this was pretty effective, at least effective enough to get Trump into power. Like, yeah, but like, as you said, it was one tool among many. Like, they also used where they were geographically and like shit like yep. that and like interests that you can also capture with data. Like you could track what their friends, who their friends were and send targeted ads to their friends. Like it was mm-hmm. a whole, like you're getting entire networks of people. And I think it was more just to do with the sheer volume of the advertisements that they were sending versus the, uh-huh. you know, just the exposure versus the necessary content or how ta- how targeted they were as debatable because they actually did the similar thing with Ted Cruz's campaign to get the Republican seat and obviously Are failed Are you fucking that, kidding so. me? Oh, really? No. Jesus. Yeah. But in it, general, like, if, if you think about, like, companies like that, that are capturing a data all the time and Facebook capturing a data, like, how accurate are your targeted ads? Like, for most people, probably not very. Um, so, I mean, that's an indicator try. of, like, uh, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's not great, but sometimes they get it, so. You can draw inferences from it, but it's not like, hey, this person is absolutely extroverted blah 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 but it's also yeah kinda and like, like also um, when there's only two options of a campaign you know what i yeah. mean like it's not like musical preference where you're trying to that's just a really complex web like you're taking two very complex concepts uh-huh. and then trying to correlate them and it's just a fucking mess whereas it's, when it's like okay this person's personality how can we manipulate them to go in one of two directions like, yeah. that's a very different sort of scenario. And we know that this person isn't as open, so maybe we can use that to, yeah. But yeah, like, so let's it, do something familiar. Like, there's definitely, yeah. I guess there's also the vibe. Like, it's when I read that Jordan Peterson absolutely loves a big five and openness. Like, it's sort of like you can't help but just totally want to wipe your ass with the whole thing when you see who is utilizing it. Yeah. And for what purposes yeah. as well. It's like, it's one thing if this was like the extent of it, right? Like these these academic articles, you know, fucking embedded in, you know, 
there's a lot of racism and, and sexism and a lot of assumptions. But, you know, if they were staying within these academic journals, that's one thing, right? But mm. there are people who try to subvert democracy using these methods as well. And, and that's pretty yucky. Yeah. Just as an understatement. <laughs> but... Yeah, seriously. So if we want to talk briefly about the studies that used a different way of classing people, like so Ooh, something other than the big five. So I did come across one that was still bullshit, but <laughs> this was actually trying to basically split personalities into two types. But then there's, of course, a third type, which is when you're in between the types. Mm-hmm. So it was type people basically categorizing people as either type E or type S. And so type E's were, E stands for empathy or empathetic. Mm-hmm. So I'll read the, the description of what it says for the study. Empathy, as the authors of the study explain, is the ability to identify, predict, and respond appropriately to the mental states of others. Okay. People use empathy while perceiving different types of musical content, reacting to it both emotionally and physiologically. Which, like, that does make sense yeah, to a point. Yeah, you know, I can see that. It's a very broad way of looking at it, but it does make sense. This is where I'm like, ah, you lost me. The researchers found that those they categorize as type E or those with a bias toward empathizing preferred mellow music that might fall within the genres of R&B and soft rock, while those that prefer, quote, intense dimension uh, genres such as heavy metal and hard rock tend to show a bias towards systemizing or logic-based thinking rather than showing empathy. So that's type S, right, is of- sim- systemizing. Okay, out of curiosity, was someone with the last name Baron Cohen slided at, in this one at all? <laughs> Just like old Borat writing it. Wait, like, wait, did you say yes? No. Oh, okay. Old mate Borat, like Sasha Baron Cohen, his cousin is a huge <laughs> academic, particularly, I think he's like, I think he does a lot of research around personality types and autism. I don't want to look into that right now. I don't want to get into it. Don't know if it's good or bad, but I I vaguely remember some of his work had to do with like S and whatever that fucking other. Oh fuck! Is. Wait, it is. I just pulled because I was like, it just, the sheet Are I have in serious? front of me right now is like, just wait. The sheet I have in front of me right now is like one study, and it's because I've got some printouts mm-hmm. and it's got like, an, and I was like, wait, I did print that study, and then I just looked through my pile. Simon Baron. Yeah, Cohen. that's him. That's the fucker. Yeah. Jeez, Louise. All right, he he loves his yeah. S and is it S and R S and F S S and E S and E. He loves his S and E type. Yeah, so like the fucking empathy quotient or the systemizing quotient revised <sighs> are the two different types. Yeah, so it's like ES theory is what he, he calls it. He is a I, I from memory and like maybe he's changed his opinion, but and like also maybe the way he communicated it wasn't as good. But like from memory, he is like a huge proponent of like autistic people like are less empathetic, which I fucking reject. Like that doesn't consider like social masking and, and stuff like that. But anyway, that that's mm-hmm. just an opinion I have. And I also don't... like there's also different I think like empathy can be hugely in itself is huge like is a very broad area mm-hmm. because it's like you could be hugely empathetic and hugely sensitive but just have a lot of trouble communicating. Yep. Like communicating that empathy, you know, it doesn't mean you don't feel it or you don't actually empathize or you wouldn't relate to the same things that he's talking about with mm-hmm. like the way that you perceive music. But I think it's also just a massive fucking stereotype is that like autistic people like systems and they like organizing mm-hmm. things and they don't know empathy and, and like okay cool, and i know he's not, not yeah. saying it in that one but like the fact that i know this motherfucker his name yeah yeah, yeah exactly he did have hang on wait let me see because there was a quote about autism no uh, 
Yeah, I'm sorry. And the third, the third type was type B, which was for balanced between Ooh, okay. systemizing oh, and, yeah. and empathizing. Yeah. Research has provided evidence that these two dimensions, so like SQ and EQ, mm-hmm. explain psychological sex differences. More females are classified as type E and more males are classified as type S. Furthermore, scores on the EQ and SQ predict autistic traits as measured by the autism spectrum quotient, AQ. Those on the autism spectrum are typically classified as type S or extreme type S. These brain types have a neurological basis. In males, for example, systemizing is positively linked to the size of the hypothalamatic and ventral basal ganglia brain regions. Like, just, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, there, because there were parts of it where I was like, look, I can understand elements of what he's trying to say, but it's just dumb. <laughs> like, like, as in, I can understand a basis of, like, if certain people are more empathetically inclined, they might want to connect with the music in a way that people who are more systematic might want to just, like, you know, on in a mathematical way or, like, enjoy, like, a, a good rhythm or the way instruments are working together or in a more technical sense enjoy music. Mm-hmm. But that's also not necessarily your personality. Like, you, and those things are not mutually exclusive either. So to infer that they are is just bizarre to me. <laughs> so this is the thing that fucks me off, right? And and this goes for every, like, whether or not I agree with what findings are, but the way that these things are said with such confidence and, mm-hmm. like, and I, I feel like there's, there's not enough, like, hedging being like, hey, this is just, like, a framework that I have created or, you know, this is just a framework for looking at it. We have found that if we're using this framework, this is what we found. But then, yeah, like the inferences made that are then sort of clung onto by the wider community, if, you know, it's not communicated with enough, like, caution, like it can, it can make mm. people think that autistic people are these, like, you Yeah, know, it's just like misinformation. Yeah, completely. basically. And, and, you know, I'm not, I call old mate Baron Cohen a mother effer. Apologies if you're listening for some reason, please don't. Because I do remember him being on, you know, these like Discovery Channel documentaries. And of course it could be editing, but I just, I remember like then going and telling my mom about what I had heard because like we have people in my family that are autistic and it's like, that is so dangerous. Like, you know, not communicating like, hey, maybe, but also maybe not. <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, do, you, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, it's... Yeah, totally. Like, stating something as fact when it's a fucking hypothesis. Mm-hmm. Like, like, I get you're excited, dude, yeah. but, like, really temper it, please. Like, this is people's lives that yeah. could affect and has affected. So this was another one which, like, I highlighted just because I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but it was a study that was called The Song Is You by a music psychologist, David Greenberg. But apparently he, like classified music into like three main dimensions which just this in itself i was like yeah i was like how yeah so and and of course he was using the big five gotta love it but okay just just wait so (laughs) the arousal was one which was the energy level of the music okay that i'm probably gonna mispronounce this i don't know the valence 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 is it i don't know Valence, maybe, but yeah, whatever. (laughs) V-A-L-E-N-C-E, that was, yeah. The spectrum from sad to happy emotions in music. Okay. And then the depth, which in brackets, 
The amount of sophistication and emotional <gasps> depth in music. Oh, and how do you define that, Mr. Greenberg? I bet he's talking about fucking, like, Tchaikovsky or some mm-hmm. shit. Like, oh, it's just so, like, sophisticated and it's just deep. It's for rich cunts. So, yeah, that in itself. Okay, whatever. And the results from that, apparently, is that self-assured people were more likely to enjoy positive music. No shit. Like, fucking... Wow, That's just, man. like... Also, like... Not even necessarily true because exactly what we were talking about before with like, you know, when you're really depressed and you want to listen to something upbeat, maybe if you're really fucking low on yourself, you don't want to listen to something that's negative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. um, Your level of enjoyment might just be gauged differently because I actually had that realization the other day where I was like, do I enjoy anything? (laughs) What is enjoyment? That's that's called depression, Um, babe. (laughs) Oh, uh, yeah. It was because I got really angry doing a puzzle and I spent like eight fucking straight hours doing it obsessively. And then I was like, wait, do people actually enjoy doing this? Because I, I just do it because I can't stop. I hear you. Like, I, I, oh, my yeah. God. I've had that thing about cross-stitch. I'm, I'm like, I've dedicated hundreds of hours to this. Do I enjoy it? The answer is yes. But <laughs> yeah. I stopped to yeah, question Yeah, but you, I know what you mean. Like, it, yeah, you, I'm like that with most um, or all of my hobbies. So I get it. So... Those who seek excitement prefer high arousal music. Shut up. Yeah, like it's just all the same oh, bullshit off. over and over. Oh, uh, wait, you'll love this one because I feel like it's offensive in so many ways. Greenberg says that those who were defined as open-minded had not only a more general preference for music overall, but were also more open to music that span genres or might be defined as, quote, genre fluid. Genre <laughs> Jean- I can't Jean- anymore, dude. Jean- like- <laughs> <laughs> also, like, who the fuck is out there just listening to one genre of music? Uh, like, I want to meet them. Like, I identify as slap a genre fluid. Like, like, no one is saying that, dude. Stop it. No, I, I'm genre binary. I only <laughs> listen to punk and rock. You only listen like- to highbrow and lowbrow. Oh, fucking hell. Yeah. So anyway, I actually did find, I didn't end up printing it or doing anything with it, but I did find on the website 16 personalities. So I'm sure anyone can find it if they just Google it. They did do a thing that was like, it was really fucking dumb. It was like, no (laughs) shock, no way. Something on that website was dumb. (laughs) It was saying like, basically splitting apart the quote unquote main genres of music and then saying which, which of the Myers-Briggs personality types uh, percentage wise are more likely to enjoy that genre. So I think they had like three to four personality types per genre as well. And they were like ranked. So they were ranked from like the ones that enjoy it the most, you know, like the top four of the 16. And it was like, be like, you know, 52% of this personality type like this. And I was like, oh, what the fuck is this going to be? And I, like, scrolled down and the very first one I saw was punk and then, like, the top personality type was mine. And I was like, oh. Oh, uh, well, actually, <laughs> like, fair. Like, yeah. It's like, fair, but also this is dumb. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was a article that was, like, our musical preferences reveal more about ourselves than we know. <clears throat> do they? Do they? Do they? Okay. Know? This wasn't an academic article. This was on medium.com. Fair So... One of the, it like quoted a bunch of different studies, right? And it, this is what I love. And this is what I found about a ton of these articles is that they'll say several studies and then just quote this big lump of authors and dates. <laughs> Most of them are the same fucking authors over That's and over so as well. That's so funny. And doesn't actually say like, you know, this study said X, Y, Z, this study said, you know, ABC. 
No, they just like lump them all and then they're like, so anyway, this is what they found. It's like, no, no, because they all showed different fucking things. Like what? And everyone seems to manage to draw different conclusions out of it. Right. So, yeah. So this says, you know, these studies, blah, 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 show that our personality traits are deeply related to the kind of music we listen to. Mm. We can either look at people's musical tastes and predict their personality, or we can first learn about their character and from then on get a good idea about their musical taste. It's a two way street. And then it tells you the five main types that you would fit in. So I feel like this is based on the big five, which is actually misleading because the big five is like, it scores you on five different types. So you get like a percentage, Mm -hmm. which I, we did it. I know that we did a, I think it was a Patreon episode, but when we did the personality types episode and I know that the big five was one of the ones in that, that we covered. I was highly, Um, and I don't remember (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mine was, like, I think openness was the biggest, like, the highest one, and then neuroticism mm-hmm. was pretty high as well, yeah, which, like, fucking dark. Yeah, I could tell um, you that. Like, Yeah, like, I didn't need to sit there and answer fucking 50 questions or whatever to figure that shit out. But, so anyway, I don't know how they've gotten just five types when there's five different fucking factors within that. Yeah. You know, like, it's like with Myers-Briggs, there's only four factors and the output is... 16 types so with five different inputs the entropy would be way fucking higher Mm. anyway whatever but the five main types apparently according to this bullshit article refined observer was one and it says personality traits people in this group are very curious about their surroundings and analyze them creatively musical taste they're motivated to explore the conceptual idea of music. Oh, that is, what? musical structure, song development, performance, and other music-related things. Okay. Like, does other. this person, has, have <laughs> you ever listened to a song? This is like fucking, okay, you know how people wear a band t-shirt and you, like, name five fucking, like, albums or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like, can this person name one song? Like, okay. have they ever just yeah. listened to a song? Are we gatekeeping this person <laughs> from music, but actually it's kind of justified? <laughs> oh, yeah, I like yes. other... Music related things. (laughs) Are they an alien just pretending to be human? Because that's the impression that I'm getting. That's amazing. So the next type, which actually made me lol, because I was straight away like, oh, this is just me and Josie. Oh no. Heated defiant. What? (laughs) Yeah, okay. I've called out. But then even then I was like, the the traits, I was like, no, what the fuck is this shit? Like all of this is bullshit. Anyway. Personality traits. They're risk takers and rebellious. It's part of their search for new experiences and wanting to feel alive. Really. Actually, I want to feel dead most of the time, so beg to differ. Actually, I can't um, help it. Mu- <laughs> <laughs> Musical taste. They like moderately complex music. Like, all of it is just such bullshit language. It's so opaque. It's And when you actually start to unpack it, it just comes out as straight up fucking racist or classist or in other ways prejudice so just to like brush over the other bullshit the other types for anyone curious was easygoing conventional outgoing mingler that just sounds like a fucking swinger dude like (laughs) outgoing mingler i hate the word mingler serene enjoyer was the last one (laughs) sorry enjoyers (laughs) oh man that's so good that's another word that's like what (laughs) i'm the enjoyer what the music enjoyer i love it i love it yeah. <laughs> as opposed to other people who don't enjoy music i mean that's us oh, yeah. the ones that don't enjoy <laughs> that's that's not our type that's the opposite of our yes. type <laughs> yeah so i mean this but this just further once again goes to show the type of studies that they're talking about when they talk about this and then they talk about it as if it's just fact 
and you know therefore we can prove this no you fucking can't Mm -hmm. so another part of this same article was talking about how you know when you cluster music together into these genres like these clusters change throughout our lifespan okay which like yeah like music and this is the other thing that pisses me off right about these studies music isn't it's like you said about things being in a vacuum like, not only do you need the cultural context, but music is dynamic. Yeah, Genres are dynamic. Yeah, are. Music is like language. Like, music is a language. Mm-hmm. It fucking changes all the time. And if it's not dynamic, it's not doing its fucking job. Yeah, like, 100%. You can't base... And that's why it's so important for studies to be, like... I mean, you'd hope they would be accurate and they're fucking not. But you, it's also really important that they be modern because music is so different. Like, I did come across one that was from... It was mentioning something, and I'm sure you probably saw it because I think it was one of the articles we both read, where it was talking about a study from the 50s. 50s? Yeah, I think it was the 50s. And they were talking about how, like, instead of basing it on, like, different genres, because I'm sure, you know, the music itself, like, popular music certainly wasn't as diverse as, as it is now. Mm-hmm. It was basing it on, like did you like the rhythm of this particular bar of like jazz or this particular bar of classical music or like very, very limited selections of music. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I feel like if anything, that would give you a broad, because with less context and less influence, it's, it's limiting what you're actually getting out of it and what you're able to understand from it. Yeah. You know, like you could get a better understanding of what people are actually enjoying about the music. If you were able to simplify it to that point, what part of, it and like yeah yeah do they like because like honestly yeah like if someone asked me i wouldn't even fucking know like i listen to so many different types of music that i'm like i don't know what i enjoy about it i just like it or i don't like i guess i focus on lyrics a lot but i also enjoy music so i don't really fucking know yeah like i don't sit there and think about it i just listen I, that's the whole point of why i listen to music is to shut my fucking brain up exactly. not to sit there and, like exactly. unpack it And that's the other thing, like, in terms of how people are exposed to music when they are giving them samples, because it's like what you said with the people getting angry or aggressive when they're forced to listen to things they don't enjoy. I would be like that if someone just had the volume too loud. Mm -hmm. Like, loud volume ruins anything for me. So, yeah, it's really hard to know. But anyway, back to my back to my word document of ranting. No, that's like, I'm enjoying it. So, (laughs) so the other thing would be, you know, the entire argument for all of these like it seems like all of these research studies it just relies on a logical fallacy so in terms of like the sort of like common logical fallacies this would be a hasty generalization right like it's basing decisions on insufficient evidence Mm -hmm. and it's drawing illogical conclusions from that and like the insufficient evidence would be that personality tests are accurate predictors of personality which is like hot tip they're fucking not so you know, you may as well have a study about how zodiac signs are indicators of musical taste. Right. Like, honestly, it would be the same kind of thing. Right. Like, why not? You know? Because... <laughs> why not? Let's do a study. Let's see. It's like, I know that these people aren't publishing these things to please me specifically, but it's like, I don't agree with A. So how can I agree with... If, if their argument is A plus B equals C, well, I don't actually agree with A nor B, usually. Mm. Like, I don't... Yeah, how and they're ever... expecting you to follow along when you're like, no way, but wait, but there was a mistake back at point one. Mm-hmm. Like, how am I supposed to get to here when that's all wrong because you based it entirely on something inaccurate? Yeah. So, yeah, when you're basing entire studies on the big five, when you know that the big five is bullshit, it's like, well, fuck. And it, now what? And it's, <laughs> and it's the audacity to claim it as a science. Again, like, I did read, I believe it was the chapter of from the author North. He did talk about, I think it's called experimental aesthetics. 
And it's this very specific type of like area of study. And it tries to make laws, like create laws about different art forms and, and how they're perceived or received or the impact of them on people. But it seems like he definitely had criticisms of it too, but he was very much like, okay, this is within this field of research. It is its own constrained thing. We know we're trying to create laws for things that are quite complex, but just humor us. Like, I don't love it, like, personally, but, like, I can appreciate it as, like, hey, this isn't an actual science. Like, hmm. this is a a way of thinking and, and an endeavor that we're sort of embarking upon. Yeah, so, like, I don't know. Like, it, it the entire thing is framed as, I guess, quite specific, if, if that kind of makes sense. Like, you, you wouldn't take one of the findings from that and transfer it over to like say claim it's a psychological science paper or anything like that but they fucking are that's the problem well that's the thing exactly no that, <gasps> yeah that, 100%. And they're just cherry picking shit like that's yeah. it. but if you if you can say hey this is just within this sort of research practice yeah like and like as all mate was saying like hey like this does have a value for a whole lot of people in terms of just enjoyment and what they get from it like that feels way more honest to me if that makes sense rather than saying like we can accurately determine someone's personality and vice versa but, like through their music blah 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 yeah, yeah. it's like fuck off <laughs> yeah which like okay so my my very last point which i guess is like a bit more of a summary on like analyzing you know where i stand on this because i did go in last week and you know it's shock horror i'm wrong no way last week i was like yeah probably so yeah no i don't think you can predict a person's personality but i think if you were to go through like say if you went through a person's like top i don't know like 200 or a thousand songs like you picked you know, like you made a custom playlist and even then you would have to be analyzing were they making it with the intent that someone was going through it to analyze their personality like <laughs> oh, were yeah. they choosing songs that they they thought represented them or were they choosing songs that they just preferenced but if you had a look at their listening habits, so like including in how often they listen to these songs, at what time of day, or like other other factors in their life, if you were, you know, having a more diverse sort of view of of one person, you had them maybe like fill out a survey on what they liked about the particular songs or genres. Even if you fucking hooked them up to a fucking MRI or some shit and looked at their brain activity while they were listening to certain songs, like you could probably make some assumptions yeah. about their personality. I agree. Some of which may be accurate. But, like, no. Like, you still can't judge a personality based on a music taste just because, like, it's so complex and there's so many different things at play and so many things that would influence it mm-hmm. and so many different reasons, like, that people listen to things. Like, you know, I listen to Limp Biscuit and I don't even know if it's ironic or not. Oh, like, yeah, no. Uh, I was, You know? Like, there's things like that where you're like, fuck, man. Like, you just because you like it or you listen to it or, like, is it nostalgia? Is it irony? Like, is it legitimate all, enjoyment? Like, I don't fucking know. All of it? Yeah. None of it? Like, who knows? Like, like, today, I literally, like, I was started playing Get Low by Little John <laughs> because I said to, like, Edgar started dancing in the lounge room and I said, get low, get low. And then next minute, I was genuinely enjoying get low by little john and i was like huh 
Like, I, this is... Oh, yeah. I do that shit a lot. Yeah. And I, I added it to my 2022 playlists. I, like, I paused a movie the other day to play a Fatboy Slim song. Hell which yeah. I guess I should contextualize this. I love Fatboy Slim. But oh, yeah. It was because we were watching Dune, like, not the new Dune, the David Lynch Dune. Mm-hmm. There's a scene where fucking Coop, Carl McLaughlin is, like... You know, when they're in the desert, desert planet thing. I forget the names of that shit. Anyway, he's like, if you walk without rhythm, you won't attract the worm. <laughs> and I was like, I just started singing it. And then he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And I was like, you know, like the Fat Boy Slim song. And he's like, what? And I was like, weapon of choice. And he's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then I had to like pause the movie just to like find that fucking yeah. section of the song. And I was like, oh man. Absolutely. But yeah, it's like that I'd have so much weird listening history just from like, you know, cultural references or strange mm-hmm. things that you're like like oh I remember that song to someone or explaining things and there's so many different reasons or different memories that you could associate or trigger with with a song that it's like and it could be bad or good you know either yeah. way but it would have so much bearing on whether or not you enjoyed it oh so like God. how how could you and it could have nothing to do with your personality it's just purely your experience or you know experience or memory or whatever but it's not actually your personality per se fucking and yeah like sorry. we said as well it doesn't account for like you know mental illness personality <laughs> yeah. disorders anything like that so that reminds me just like a side note I, I mentioned it on twitter but so friday i as part of like my agoraphobia and just like other therapy i decided to listen to sweet disposition by temper trap which i can't remember if i made note of it but like that's the song that was playing when I found out that Haley was murdered. Felicitas, my cousin was murdered. And like, I had actively avoid, like I've not picked, I've not, I've not chosen to play that song since. Like I've heard it obviously, uh-huh. but yeah. And so I was like, you know what? Today, one of my goals is going to be listening to that song and choosing it and, and just, I'll be safe. I'll be at home. I'll put a nice song on afterwards. So yeah, I did it. I got through it. It was really, it was, it was hard. It was harder than I expected, but I did it. And then that afternoon, we got the news that one of my and Robert's friends was in an e-scooter accident, and he's currently in a medically induced coma, at least for another. Oh man! And so now it feels like I and I know the song oh, is like a bad omen. Like yeah, and like I logically know that you know I don't have that fucking power. Like my my music yeah, choice, yeah. but. When shit like this happens, sometimes you can't help but have, like, this weird magical thinking and, like, superstition and omens. And then now I'm just, like, maybe if I... Like, I, I, I know mean, it's stupid, but I'm like, if I didn't do that song, maybe things would be different. Yeah. Um, I know it's not true. If you were a fucking Baron Cohen, you'd definitely be making that association. <laughs> Baron Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, man, that sucks. That's, yeah. And that's, like, you're trying really hard to, like you know break out of your comfort zone to do something that's like productive it's like well i'm gonna do this like thing in the right direction and something <laughs> like that just fucks you up like ugh. and so now i'm gonna that's have... a that's a shame as well because that's a good song so, like, like i really like that song oh like they're a really fucking good band honestly and yeah a great song but yeah i'm just thinking like imagine if like one of these weirdo big five music people you know saw that i listened to this song they'd be like oh energetic upbeat and it's like yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> when the reasons are so fucking like yeah it is the opposite of what you like were so layered and so yeah like oh man and that's just me with one and, song and then if you were to if you were to listen to it again like say in a month's time or something it would have an even another layer oh. or like another fucking like oh man exactly i have no idea exactly and and that and like yeah like it 
that's as a few academics said, just individual factors are so complex. It's so, yeah, it, it's almost not worth, like, we should stop asking, can you tell someone's personality based on their music taste and start asking some different semi-related questions that might have better results. Oh, I'm done. Are you done? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you wrapped up, yeah. Yeah. So, Kara, yeah. what is your hill? You started off as a yes, you are a... Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. No and no. But yeah, yeah, thanks for sharing that with me. I think that, again, I love how it always happens that we sort of like have two semi-related but different approaches to it. And yeah, I think I think overall our thing is like these things are so complex that it's impossible to do, but then looking at the methodology is even more mortifying anyway, because it's like, you know, yeah. it's so unsophisticated. And I know a lot of people have put oh, a lot of sure. hard work into it, but I'm sorry, you can't, you can't fucking ignore social context. Like, you can't. <laughs> Jordan Peterson can, yeah. apparently. <laughs> but also, oppression doesn't yeah. exist for him, so that makes sense. So, until next time, you can catch us on Twitter at Pod. You can like us on Facebook at Hill to Die On. You can follow us on Instagram at Hill to Die On Pod. You can shoot us an email at our Gmail, which is Hill to Die On Pod at gmail.com. You can visit our website for all previous episodes and show notes and references at Hill to Die On Pod.com. And we even have a new tab up there for some merch and for a link to our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash a hill to die on pod all right until next time bye bye ill-advised misinformed our half-baked opinions will be